Hello and welcome to Top Fives, the show of everything Top Fives, presented by me, Joey, and Sean. Sean Day. <laughs> Shawnee, how you doing today, sir? Uh, good, man. I'm just uh, excited to share some topics tonight and uh, yeah, today I built some shelves and put some... <laughs> Posters and frames, so uh, kind of a productive day, a day off, which was nice. So a day to just kind of relax and, but uh, yeah, happy to uh, built, happy to be recording. <laughs> How about you, Joe? Yeah, man, I'm good, man. Built and shelving, I uh, such a manly thing to do. <laughs> it's uh, it's very like bra- I'm picturing the brawny man, like uh, <laughs> it's kind of great, but. Uh, no, man, my day was, you know, just work, and now we're doing this, and I'm very excited to be to be doing this, and uh, yeah, man, Yay. it's kind of, that's I'm very, very exciting, you know, I'm such, I'm so interesting, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sarcasm, <laughs> sarcasm, if anyone couldn't pick that up, that's sarcasm, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, do we have anything, um, ooh, we've got some huge, huge news to talk about, yeah. Uh, are are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes, I know. There's a lot of news going on. So we got what yes. do we got here? Do we are we going to talk about um, the Han Solo movie right now? Is that that's, what that's, you, that's why we're best friends. You read my mind. The Han Solo movie. Two directors are fired. Jumping yes, shit, dude. And fan favorite. Oh yeah, Chris, Chris Lord Miller. Yeah, yeah. And then, Chris Lord and Phil Miller. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck yeah, dude. Uh, it's, it's sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't believe that man. Hansel movie got, I mean, it's like that movie's like 80% done, done right now. I would think like, yeah, they've been filming since January. Yeah. And who are they going to get to replace the, uh, the two directors, um, Ron Howard. Now, what do you, how do you feel about them? And I know it's kind of a safe bet. Um, it's safe. It's like, it's kind of boring. If anything, you know, like Ron Howard hasn't really made anything. If he ever did make anything like really great, like I guess Apollo 13 touches greatness. Yeah. But uh, I always found him as like the B movie Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. And uh, I mean, bring in Zemeckis and I'll be like, all right, cool. Let's see what we're doing. But and even him, I'd I'd be a little lackluster, but I I don't know. I just don't find anything. um, I don't know. It's funny when I found out he was officially directing, I uh, hit up Christine. I went, Ron Howard's directing Han Solo. And he just cast Henry Winkler as Han Solo's father. And she's like, oh, my God, that's going to be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) She almost told somebody. She almost told a coworker. Don't don't tell anyone. I mean, Ron Howard is like the safe bet. You know what I mean? Like it's. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, he can probably finish. I mean, that movie's pretty much almost done. It's just like the reshoots and all the other kind of elements to make the to gel the movie together. Um, but just this kind of. I know everything can kind of get blown out of proportion, but like, I mean, this is kind of a kind of a serious thing as far as the film is concerned. Like you're, you're pulling these directors out when this film is almost completed. And, you know, that's like you have so much content that you're looking for um, or that have been that has been shot. And I know they, they can add more or um, take out more. But as far as like the film itself, like most of it's done with the performances were captured. Um, so it's going to be quite interesting. And I know it's I know it's Disney. I know it's Kathleen Kennedy's concern as well and uh, her choice. So that's going to it's a very interesting thing as far as like this is the Star Wars empire like this yeah. film cannot flop, man. Like, and um, I mean, everyone's going to go see it, I'm sure. But you know, if it's regardless, like, regardless. But you know, it's like they got to they're trying to seal the deal for having a Star Wars movie every single year. And, you know, we don't want to get that kind of fatigue just yet as far as so much Star Wars in our lives. But hey, I'm rocking a Star Wars T-shirt today. It's a cross I love between it. Pulp, Pulp Fiction Pulp, meets. Yes, Pulp Fiction, and it's uh, Darth Vader and uh, uh, Boba Fett. And Joe, I like your T-shirt that, today. You're uh, rocking <laughs> the Dave Chappelle Prince yeah. T-shirt. Where did you get that T-shirt? Game blouses. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. I've, I'm I'm ashamed to admit I've bought 
I've bought two <laughs> t-shirts off of Instagram. Was it what what clothing company? Was it a was it a Instagram sponsored clothing company or? Yeah, I don't even remember. It was just like get this t-shirt for ten bucks, and uh, you know it's Dave Chappelle as yeah. Prince, and it's purple. I love purple, so I don't think it gets doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> but um, I do want to say this about the Han Solo thing. I think there's an interesting parallel to be drawn between Disney and DC. And it's interesting that it seems, you know, their productions are usually troubled too much studio interference and whatnot. But for some reason, Disney knows how to land or stick the landing where DC is just crash and burns. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause you know, rogue one had a lot of problems, a lot of reshoots. They brought in, you know, uh, what's his name? Gareth Edwards still got to be credited as director. So I'm guessing the same thing happened on Rogue One where they were like, you know what? This is too far in the style of this filmmaker. We need to bring it back in under this umbrella tone or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, um, you know, Gareth Edwards was willing to play ball. He was like, OK, yeah, bring in whatever we need to make the best movie possible. He was gracious about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they straight up fired these guys. Because these guys were like, no, you hired us to do us, so we're going to do us. So it's, I respect that, but at the same time, it's like, if you're playing with Disney, if you're playing with Lucasfilm, if you're playing with Kathleen Kennedy, you're, you got to fall in line. You know, yeah. that's, yeah. you knew what you're getting into. I mean, I don't know. Just I don't know. produce a really, you know, amazing Star Wars film. That's all you got to do, you know, with enough uh, content to expand on the universe since they're going to be continuing having these films every year and especially for a Hans like for Han Solo as the coveted you know character of the of the original trilogy and uh, you know of course with the Force Awakens and his death supposed death I don't know there's a theory out there going out somewhere but is anyways, there? yeah oh yeah is yeah there is um, but anyways as far as Han Solo as a character like you know this is this is uh, gonna be has to be a very successful and in, and it's a very important film to kind of you know they're gonna they're choosing to add to Hansel's character and to give him this backstory and hopefully it's you know it's about his you know his past and his relationships with Lando and, and Chewbacca. So um it's gonna be very interesting and to see Targaryen. Yeah and I'm I'm kinda thinking of like the Ant Man example where Edgar Wright was attached to writing it and directing it. And just based off of uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel's uh, kind of, you know, now bigger universe with Marvel, um, they didn't see him fit to continue to be the director. Um, and also, you know, but they credit him towards his ideas and everything like that. But it's kind of, a, I guess yeah. it would be kind of a similar situation, too. It's just like they're bringing in Ron Howard to just even out the playing field and just to, um, you know, get everyone squared away to see a really good Han Solo film. And that's what they need to do is just to successfully introduce us to the second movie in like the anthologies, as far as a film separate from uh, kind of the main story arcs that have been happening with the Skywalkers. So um, it's going to be very, this film is also going to see how else they're going to invest in other characters like Boba Fett. Like there's rumors that Boba Fett might be uh, adapted to the screen as well. So, yeah, I think the Boba Fett movie was set up with Josh Trank, who Disney also fired. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Because he had a poor attitude uh, with Fantastic Four and all that. Uh, I think Josh Trank, I just read he's working on a film with uh, Tom Hardy. That's yeah. Out. Tom, what isn't Tom Hardy in right now? Mm-hmm. I feel like every every time I, you know, every other film article is like, Tom Hardy signs on to do this. and Yeah, and that's another bit know. of news that we can drop here. Uh, Venom. Tom Hardy is Venom. Yeah. And um, I like that casting. I hate that universe. The Sony <laughs> universe. <laughs> We're about to find the out if, uh, Homecoming, and we'll see how this uh, kind of plays out. If, if, if home, Homecoming can knock it out of the park and, like, they can just if they can if they know that they can bring in the best directors and the best people to write these films to create that universe do it right because sony already had two you know spider-man uh to film like kind of genres um and eras or whatever um yeah this this i mean i love uh tom holland he's like seems like a really cool actor and uh he's gonna grow with these films how they set up the the next you know couple spider-man films as well so um 
I read some early buzz today on Homecoming, and it's all very positive. Like that's good. I'm, I'm excited. They're saying it's right under Spider-Man Two. Ah, which makes me want to watch Spider-Man Two. I haven't seen Spider-Man Two in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, God, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's kind of all the big stuff that's going on because that Han Solo thing is huge. Like that's that's no joke. Yeah. Um. I even got like a breaking uh, alert on my phone. Oh, I got breaking. Oh, YouTube director's fired. Yeah, YouTube news feeds. All the news feeds were were reporting it. Nice. <laughs> um, Shawnee, do you want to do you want to get to some lists today, sir? Yeah, let's get to some lists. Right on. We did it old school style this time, even though that was the new school. So it was the new. It was we went. We went new school, old school with it. New school, old school. And uh, we did not divulge or give uh, give a head start this week. So I'm pretty excited to see what we come up with. Yeah. Would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first, sir? Um, I'll go first, man. Uh, All right. Joey, what are your top five favorite board games slash card games? Pretty much games Ooh. you play with your friends. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, okay. I love Monopoly. Monopoly. I know like a lot of people hate Monopoly. I <laughs> like it. I like the fake money. I like the little car. Uh, so I'm all about Monopoly. If you could be the banker, that's cool too. Yes. I love being the banker and you know, like yeah, never mind. I was gonna go into a bit. I'm not even gonna make deal. <laughs> um Christine, I got a uh What's it called? It's called 221B Baker Street, a Sherlock Holmes detective game. Oh, it's nice. pretty much Clue, but it's set in London and like every room has a clue, you know, and you it's really great. It's really cool. Um wow. Yeah, that that's a good one. What else? Hmm. Hmm. Card games you said? You could do card games as well. Okay. I I've always loved War. That sounds bad. Uh, I love the game War. Um, oh, boy. 32, or is 31? I think it's 31. It's like 21, but 31. There's different rules. I don't okay. remember, but my parents and my brother showed us not too long ago, and it's pretty fun. Um, and then I'm going to also go with... I'm going to go old school, Kerplunk. Kerplunk. How do you play Kerplunk? Did you ever play Kerplunk? No. It was like this plastic tube and you had like a bunch of sticks making like a like a bed or whatever and then you'd have a like god I'm hearing myself after everything I say. I don't know if you are. It's kind of I'm it's throwing me off. Um, <laughs> but we keep it all in. Cuz we're authentic. Um <laughs> I have a little bit of a delay too. Anyway, you drop these like pebbles. You got delay too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I forget exactly how you play it, but you start pulling out the little sticks and then the ball drops. Oh, I've, it's kind I've of played, great. I've, I've played that before, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, those would be my five Monopoly, 221B Baker Street, 31, War, and uh, Kerplunk. Nice. Uh, my top oh. five. I like those games. My top five. Have you ever played Spicy Uno? I've played Uno. I haven't played Spicy Uno. Spicy Uno. What's Spicy Uno? Uh, it adds a couple rules, so it's just like a regular game of Uno. Um, I had to pull up the rules because there's a couple rules that they add to it. Um, so usually every time a six is played, um, the person has to slap up uh, the pile, and the last person to slap it has to draw three cards. So it's like extra kind of rules. That uh, that just kind of um, make everything uh, kind of interesting, and there's all these other things that happen. So uh, spicy Uno, um, yeah. There's a couple of rules. They just add a um, a few rules just to kind of keep things spicy. So they have things like uh, if you play a six, uh, everyone has to slap their hand on the six, and then the last person draws like three cards. 
and then there's I'm, I'm looking at the rules on here because there's so many of them, <laughs> but it's it's kind of the same. Uh, there's just all these different rules that add like a little extra spice to everything. And as far as the game and finishing it, um, if you have you know one card left, you say Uno, and then pretty much you just get rid of your cards, and that's who wins. Um, there's this cool thing that you can do in the game too, as well, where you're, uh, you can, when it's your turn, one of your opponents or your friend can give you a card and trade with you and be like, Hey, this will help you out. Like I can, I can help you right now, but you got to kind of create alliances or betray them at the same time. So there's all these like different things you can do. Like if you can, you can trust the person you're playing with or they can give you a bum card or whatever. Wow. So like some cool little things <laughs> That's- uh, to do that. It's fun. It brings <laughs> politics it. into it. Yeah, you should play it when we uh, when you come down here. I'm game. Uh, and then uh, number four, I've got game of things. So the the game of things is it's kind of similar to another game called like Cards Against Humanity, where you have a topic and you each get a piece of paper and you write down pretty much just all these different. Uh, things about the topic that you're that you're looking at and usually it's kind of it has like a um a sentence or an action card so like you have to fill in the blank and kind of say like oh hey um you know put these words in association to this phrase or this subject or whatever but it's super funny and like you can get really creative with it um especially games where you can kind of like choose whichever topics you want so um, number three is Exploding Kittens. Very similar to War. It's uh, a game where if you see Exploding Kitten or Explosion, you got to tap it. And then depending on like, you know, how many cards you get, you have to give those cards back to them. So it's kind of a cool little card game. Very similar to War. Where it's like really fast paced. Nice. Um, and number, what's that? Exploding Kittens. Number two is Super Fight. This one is my, f- one of my top ones because pretty much it's another subject based uh, card game where you have you can have one card saying uh, what do you call it saying like Han Solo like someone like Han Solo mm. and your opponent draws another card and it says Jason from Friday the 13th and you so that how it works is you you have a person that you create uh, that you uh, pick and then you also have a uh, have action cards that you draw so, and it's all these other things like you can have action card. I've seen one where it's like uh, an explosion of farts in a, <laughs> in a gun form or something like that. And then they had like, uh, you know, typical, you know, like samurai blades and, and machetes and whatnot. And typical, but they had just typical. like all these. Up, yeah, it's really cool. You get pretty creative with like how you can take it down. And it's another kind of thing similar to, to the game of things where like the person who pulls the subject or picks the subject or starts or who moderates the battle um, is kind of the one choosing to. Uh, so like there's a person moderating in between everyone um, and that person gets to judge which person has the best combination for to winning, to winning a fight. And nice. So, and so, you, yeah, the, all these cards kind of contribute to that. So, and it can be something like as simple as like fire and ice. Like you can, you know, it, it, everything as far as like real world, real world physics and how characters would act contributes to the game. So that's how you can judge it by, you know, like if someone's really, you know, has a thousand daggers versus one sword, there's no way that would work out. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, sir. And then my number one is Cards Against Humanity. I forgot the, all about the, that one. I can't believe it. The traditional card game that's, I feel like, a, this generation's card game, apparently. <laughs> Um, but it's cool. They have like different expansion packs and it's another topic subject based card game. Um, but it's, it's funny. Like I like the games with a lot of humor in it and it makes it fun for your friends. And of course there's those absurd and very mature cards that come out every now and then (laughs) (laughs) or just the right combination of things. So, um, yeah, cards against humanity. So that's my, that's my top five, man. Uh, do you remember your, you're like your best draw at cards against humanity. Is it appropriate to, uh, uh, to repeat? It's not appropriate for the airwaves. But okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, do you ever hear about the secret card that was tucked in the case? I've heard. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I don't think they. Is it the same for everyone? But um, I think so. I, think, I don't think they do that anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. That's the. Uh, that's uh my top five for this week, dude. I like it. Very good. I can't believe we haven't done board games before. Man, I forgot. Shoots and ladders. Oh well. Oh yeah. Jenga. Ah, oh, Jenga. Have you played like adult size Jenga? Yeah, the the big the big one or the yeah big blocks. blocks. Yeah, Jenga. I remember seeing. I was at dude. It was at, I was at the Renaissance Fair last month, and I saw these people playing adult Jenga, but it was weird. It was like with, it was with their swords. That was excellent, Shawnee. Top five board games. Top five card games. Um, <laughs> I like. It. I can't believe I forgot about Cards Against Humanity. I'm so disappointed with myself. <laughs> It's a fun game, and I feel like a lot of people play it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, right on, man. Um, are you ready for your top five or my top five that I'm going to hit you with? Yes, hit me with it. All right, Shawnee. What are your top five favorite magazines? You know, print publications, like uh, actual mag, like magazine companies. Yeah, like periodicals, like uh, like Reader's Digest, or. Okay. Uh, better, li- better cooking. Or, uh, um, I gravitate towards more uh, musical and film, so I'm gonna say Guitar World is probably high up there, maybe in my number two. So yeah, Guitar World is uh, my number two. Lots of guitars and great articles and interviews with like a lot of the people in the music industry. Great guitar players. Uh, articles about how to fix guitars, how, you know, what the new models are, what the new brands are. And it's just a great magazine. And I love music as well. So, uh, I have a lot of Rolling Stone in my collection. So I've been collecting them, subscribe to them. Rolling Stone has such a, has such a long history. So it's great to see how they're still reporting these days. And there's just so much as far as political, uh, articles, music, film, you know, a lot of uh, cool things in there. And uh, one, I would say Wired. I think I really gravitate towards like Wired Magazine because it's just got just so many things as far as technology, entertainment, and like how everything just kind of melts into one as far as like all the different topics that they're talking about in the, in the magazine. I remember this one issue I got and it was like... Uh, I think it was all these like fil- like huge filmmakers over the last like 20, 30 years, probably even more, um, you know, all the big greats like Spielberg, uh, you know, they had J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams as well because they're, you know, they're pushing the Star Wars franchise and everything like that. Uh, so just a bunch of different innovators and creators in film. So I really like how they involve that as far as like the content they're reporting. And so I already said my one, two, three, four. Uh, I like Mix Magazine. It's a platform for audio and recording technology. And that's what I do. So there's like a lot of articles as far as um, interviews with other artists and other creators. And it's, it's great because they do reviews on uh, new gear, new products, new digital uh, plugins, just all sorts of cool things. And it's my source for kind of like all the audio world and just kind of news going on with that. Um, and then number five, stuff going the opposite way, but as far as the uh, uh, magazines I'm into, it's kind of tough. I used to be really into... Um, crap, what's it called? Oh, man, I can't think of it right now. Um, hey, Maxim Magazine. There's some cool articles there. There you go. <laughs> I'll drop that. <laughs> and right uh, Yeah, that's my top five I can, that I can think of at the top of my head. I'm sure there's a lot of other magazines out there that it just kind of get, for me, it's like what you're into and like what your hobbies are, you know, that kind of gravitates you towards that magazine. I'm very into a lot of world news and, and politics as well as entertainment and, you know, music and film. And so I, I kind of want to bend both ways. Uh, you know, I still read newspapers every now and then. Uh, but most of my content I get online. And I'm sure there's a lot of online 
you know, the stuff that we're getting from a lot of these magazine companies are probably digital based now. So, um, yeah, man, that's my top five for that. How about you, Joe? What's your top five for, uh, magazines? Well, uh, I think I would slide guitar world for number five for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we love guitar world and I, I kind of fell off, you know, for a little bit there. Uh, I don't really read it as much, but I'll never forget, um, one Easter, it must've been 2003, 2004. My uncle Pat gave me a copy of guitar world cause I just started learning to play and it had rivers Cuomo green era green album, but with the beard and everything. Nice. Totally unrecognizable. <laughs> and uh, that's the famous interview where he calls the fans, you know, little bitches. And uh, he became kind of notorious. And I remember reading that being like, what? Who? And I, you know, I didn't start listening to Weezer until after that. Um, so, but I, I remember distinctly reading that and being like, this guy, you know, the audacity. Um, number four, I would say Game Informer slash Electronic Gaming Monthly. Ooh, you know I don't what? think that's Electronic Gaming Monthly is around anymore. Yeah, that's um, what I missed, though. I really like that uh, magazine because, you know, sort of insight to gaming, right? As far as gaming news, what's coming out, reviews. Yeah, and like, you know, kind of like you were saying, like uh, a lot of the content that used to be in magazines is now online. And a lot of the times you get a magazine and you're like, whatever, I read that. three weeks ago, like old news. Um, So it's interesting that we grew up, you know, where magazines were still viable. Now it seems like they're only good for, for waiting rooms. And it's like, I'm, I'm on my phone anyway, unless I can't get a signal in here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Number three, I let her, I read a lot of Rolling Stone back in the day, but man, it's so corporate. Um, (laughs) Not that none of these aren't, um, I think I'm going to give the edge to like NME or or Q. I oh, thought man. Q was a good magazine. I remember I read reading enemy. a really good I, interview with Alex Turner in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to get the fill the music. Although man, I I I, I got to give it to Rolling Stone too, I guess, because you know what? Like, I had a subscri- subscription for so long, so and a, a lot of you know. Took a lot of those reviews to heart. So, yeah. Uh, number two, it's a tie. Empire and Total Film. Oh. Uh, these were, this was my slash film before I discovered slash film. Uh, I love these magazines. And your uncle? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, James wrote? White. Yeah, James White. He writes for Total Film. And I mean, he writes uh, movie reviews for them. So, uh, yeah, he's one of my, uh, my family's friends and, um, I, I do read that too. I, I didn't even consider total film. That's a great source for getting all your film news and kind of the, the go-to behind the scenes and, and great interviews with a lot of the actors. Yeah. It was, it's an import. Um, you know, they, they, it's a UK magazine and you could only get it like at a Barnes and Noble and it was like $10, which is like outrageous for a magazine, but it was always so, so worth it. Um, I think they revealed the, uh, Heath Ledger Joker in full on, um, on a total film cover an empire cover. One of those, um, number one, sadly, it's not around anymore. Wizard magazine. Um, I love comics so much. I think in large part because of wizard and, um, you know, they had special um, excerpts or exclusive content, like, you know, zero issues that they would print. Um, and then you would go and, like, it would still continue the story that was going on in the monthlies. And they would rank the creators. And um, I, I really miss Wizard. I really miss Wizard. Um, I can still remember the first one I got. They ranked the 50 best comic book movies. And at that time... I think Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 2 hadn't even come out yet. So it wasn't even on the list. X2, oh, wow. I think, took the number one spot, if I remember correctly. Were the, um, were the um, uh, Michael Keaton Batman films in there? They were in there. They're, uh, f- I want to say Batman was fairly high up. Yeah. But I, I can't remember now. It's under the house. I really want to grab it. It's under my parents' house. But uh, 
Yeah. I remember that I remember was you, I love Wizard. Yeah, I remember you turned me on to Wizard magazine. Um just because it was like that comic book like the start of like being interested in comic book and you know comic book uh content and and the characters and kind of the world uh of comics. So, yeah, dude. Thank you for that. Some more more Yeah. Uh, you know, uh characters to dive into and Yes, sir. Glad I could be of service, my friend. Um, so that, those were our those were our speed round lists for the week. Um, every week on our show, we do a segment where um, we started from 1989, the year of our births, and uh, have worked our way up annually each episode. Um, and now we are counting down the top five favorite movies from 19 or sorry 2000. And un, 2001. Um, Sean, I don't know about you, but this was this was hard, man. This was a hard list. It was. And uh, there's a lot of films. Again, like every year there's a slew of just so many different films coming out. And I'm just really happy, like, to be, you know, to witness all these films coming out. And it's great to reflect on them and to see kind of in your mind, like, what, what really holds up. So, um, yeah, man. Do you? Would you like to go first, Jordan? Right I'll go first. Yeah. Um, thank you. Number. F- you know what? I I have to say though, like, I kind of left off some intentionally just because this list could have easily been all comedies. Like this was a like a really. I was twelve at this point, so that's all I was watching was yeah. was comedy and. Uh, so I kind of had to force some some other things onto my list, uh, but at number five, I'm going to go. It's a split between two very guilty pleasures: uh, Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg oh, and Jennifer Aniston, yeah. and uh, and American Outlaws. Those are my two guilty pleasures. Like I know in my my brain that like this isn't like you know high cinema, but uh, I really enjoy both those movies. Um, I think American Outlaws is the guiltier pleasure. Yeah. Because Rockstar, you know, I think you could trick some people into thinking that was a good movie. Um, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good uh, you know, like Rockstar, like uh, the the unknown to the known. And then he, you know, of course, parts ways with his, uh, his it, idea to be fake. <laughs> and Wahlberg sells it, man. He sells He's it. He's really great in that. Yeah. Oh yeah, man! Great um, soundtracks too. Oh yeah, it's a good soundtrack. <laughs> uh, stand up and shout, up or whatever he says. Uh, I I botched it. Yeah. I botched it. Uh, number four, uh, I can't stand uh, Wes Anderson anymore. But Royal Tenenbaums is a it's a damn good movie. Ben Stiller showed his uh, acting chops, and Bill Murray protected the cast from Gene Hackman. So. Um, it's pretty great. I'm not it's pretty great. No, no. Have you seen uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou? Yes. Yeah. Is it is it in that similar tone to that film? It's yeah, same director and everything. It's the, uh, I I believe that's their second one together, or no? Bottle Rocket was their first. I think I think I'm remembering this right. Bottle Rocket's first, which I haven't seen. Then Royal Tenenbaums. Um. And then Life Aquatic. I really, really like Life Aquatic. Oh, yeah, me too. Bill Murray, um, yeah, Bill Murray, one of Bill Murray's best films you know, out of that series. Yeah. Um, number three, Saving Silverman. Oh. Um, <laughs> this, I mean, it's one of Jack Black's like best. It, I'd say it's up there with High Fidelity and School of Rock. Oh, yeah. And um, Steve Zahn. Like, he is incredibly just out just outrageous in that film just protecting his best friend from like dating this crazy girl (laughs) so and steve zahn is fantastic yeah oh yeah steve zahn um got you know post-american pie jason biggs they're trying to sell him and you know he worked as that guy that 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 guy for several (laughs) movies 
Loser and all the American Pies. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, uh, Christopher Nolan's Memento. Oh, that's right. That came out that year too. I missed that one. Oh man, yeah, that's a that's a trippy movie. I don't know how much uh, replay value it has, because um, it's you know it's it's a joke, right? Or it's or a magic trick. Like once it once you see the trick, then it's like okay. Um, but it's really good. It's really good. Um, and all the all the actors are like character actors, and everyone is like really great in it. Um, yeah, memento. I would love to see. But my number one. What was that? I was. I, was a love, I would love to see a version, and I'm sure there's a version out there that exists. But like, uh, Memento, in like, uh, in reverse, pretty much, which is the, because like that's the whole thing. Like he forgets, um, about like what happened, and then he tattoos it on himself. But he's he got pretty much manipulated throughout the film, and so if you, and then the whole film yeah. is obviously in backwards as far as each scene. So uh, if you if there was a way to like watch it, I'm sure there's a version out there, but uh, I'm sure it'd be cr- kind of crazy if you can watch it like that. That would be nuts. I bet I bet some fan has made something like up on yeah, like some Vimeo fan, or something. Fan like, made cut, yeah. Um, that'd be cool though. That'd be really cool. <laughs> um, my number one though is the highest cinema of them all. And that is Kevin Smith's Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, I adore this movie. I really, really love it. And, you know, it's the I think it's the best movie of its genre, which is, you know, uh, that type of comedy. And uh, it's meta in ways where, you know, upon rewatching it, like as an adult, I'm like, whoa, they're like really kind of... uh, they're not sending a message because there's no message in that movie, but you know, they're, they're talking to the audience and, and they're commenting on like the scene with Ben Affleck in the garage where he teaches Jay what the internet is and, you know, shows him how the fans are reacting online. Like how fortuitous now (laughs) knowing that Ben Affleck is going to go on to become Batman. Like, um, and people are critiquing him on, there's so much good stuff in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know reflection Will on, Ferrell. yeah. <laughs> it's it's also a reflection He's on, so on like Hollywood and like you know because the whole movie is like them trying to stop, uh, you know these people creating a movie off them. It pretty much is like breaks that fourth wall and in some way, and uh, it's it's a really funny film and I think one of Kevin Smith's you know solid films out there. So. Um, but that leads me to my number one, actually. So I picked Jay and Silent Bob as my number one as well. Excellent. Um, of course, later seeing it in a different uh, time. I don't think I saw it exactly in 2001. And another movie that we kind of share, because I remember you introduced me to like Clerks and, and Jay and Silent Bob and those characters. And it's, it's, yeah, it definitely holds up. And there's, you know, there's, I mean, there's a cameo with uh, Mark Hamill. I mean... Uh, there's a Jason Biggs <laughs> and yeah. Carrie Fisher. Yeah, there's Carrie Fisher. There's a Jason Biggs uh, cameo as well, and it's just really funny because Chris James Rock, Bob, James Vanderbeek, Chris Rock. Yeah, and again, you know, with like Dogma and everything like that. Like, it's such a good film as far as like it. You know, like people love to watch Jay and Silent Bob, and like having a movie just kind of making fun of like oh, wow, like, people love us, but, like, they're trying to make a movie and we want to stop that because we're trying to stick up stick up for, like, people not trying to steal our identity. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's such a great film. But I have to look at my show notes here. I'm on the phone. So uh, that's my number one. Number two is, it is Ocean's Eleven. This was I've never seen a Ocean's grand, Eleven. grand cast of people. Uh, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, uh, Casey Affleck, uh, just a bunch of different people in the in the movie, and it's, it's a traditional heist movie. It's great, and they the trilogy I thought was cool, but I mean it just kind of brought me. I love movies about like Vegas and like that kind of like class, classy Vegas uh, kind of uh, you know feeling, and uh, it was cool. The movie definitely set the vibe for that, and I love heist movies, so it's perfect for that. Um, 
So that's my number two. Nice. Number three is A Knight's Tale. Um, of course. Oh, hey. Yeah. Um, you know, I love kind of uh, medieval uh, movies. And, you know, this was a great one for um, the, all this cast as well. And it's a great story. I really like it as far as, you know, um, having this this boy grow up to a man. And, you know, he uh, wants to become you know, a knight and, and someone to fight and compete, uh, with, um, and just become kind of, you know, from rags to riches, someone to be recognized. Um, and that's, you know, of course, another film that, uh, why am I like Heath Ledger? Uh, you know, he definitely did a great performance in that. It was definitely charming in it as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, oh, number yeah. three is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Sorry, man. I'm a uh, pothead. I love Harry Potter. <laughs> and uh, Hey, to each his own, my friend. Yeah. Well, you know, the first film was, you know, directed by, um, is it Christopher Columbus? Columbus? Yeah. And, it, you know, like watching it now, it's definitely like, you know, I love how the films progressed where the, as the actors got older, the films got more mature and like, you know, the tones definitely changed a lot got a little bit darker and a little bit more, the stakes were a little bit more high. And, um, but the film, it's the first film in the franchise and a book, you know, book to film adaptation of J.K. Rowling's series. And, you know, I remember what reading that first book and it was really interesting to see, like, this is the start of this whole like fandom and just people like really being into this, uh, type of, uh, film and, you know, book and characters, the whole world of Harry Potter. And now there's a theme park in universal studios. (laughs) <laughs> nice um, which is I have a pass and it's it's really cool it's epic you can have uh, butterbeer and uh, go on this crazy ride and yeah it's nuts man but uh, Christine that, had a blast when she went and she brought home a wand oh yeah you can do like uh, a wand sorting so they like match you up with all your personal personality traits with like a specific wand uh, <laughs> which is kind of funny the wand is really cool like it has good weight to it it feels like Oh yeah, this is authentic. Like whatever authentic oh. means in that kind of oh yeah man situation. Yeah, it's there's two different ones they sell. They sell like just kind of the uh, traditional weighted ones, and then they have like the interactive ones because there's like different spots in the theme park where you can kind of do like a certain uh, a certain like uh, signal, and it just does you know like there's something that interacts with you with the environment. Um, but it's cool, man. The, the world of Harry Potter, it's like, it's just such a huge thing. And uh, it's one of the first films in the series. And those, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe and all those, you know, Emma Watson, like they're huge actors still. And they're, they're getting gigs. They're getting different shows to be on and movies. Yeah. So it's really cool to see like that journey. Um, anyways, number five is Amalie, uh, directed by Jean-Pierre Wanet, I think it's one. <laughs> it's it's French. It's a it's a, I have actually a foreign film on this uh, list, and I remember nice. seeing it a little bit later on in my life, and it's just great. It's a, it's very charming, and um, the girl Amalie, uh, she pretty much kind of messes with. Uh, she's like an observer throughout the whole film, but she messes with a bunch of people that she interacts with every day, like at work, and almost tries to like uh, match people up with a certain, you know, like kind of start something to kind of get people interested in each other and maybe fall in love. And, uh, it's a really interesting, uh, foreign film. And it, I, I believe it's one of the, it's very original as far as like telling this, you know, telling you about this character and like, you know, what she experiences every day and what she's like. So, uh, so yeah, it's my number five. Nice. Um, yeah, Joe. That was a good list, man. That's pretty uh, good. Yeah, there's so many good films in that. Uh, there was Zoolander that I saw was on there. Um, Zoolander. Zool- Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. <laughs> Joe Dirt gets a lot of crap, but you know what? That's a funny movie. Joe Dirt. If you saw it <laughs> at the right age. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Hello? Hello. Hey. Can you hear me? Folks, we were having some some major difficulties tonight, if you couldn't hear it. Uh, Can you hear me, Joe? Now you know. Now you've been like, they sound a little off tonight. This lag, I tell you. This lag. It's just weird because it's happening to both of us. 
Yeah. And, um, uh, can you hear me, Joe? I can hear you. Awesome. Can you hear me? Yes. Do you want to transition right on. to share time? Let's 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 try and share, man. Let's try um, and share. Do you, do you have anything uh, you you'd love to share with us this this um, evening? I have this a, I have a game. Uh, I saw this. I think I remember reading about this maybe a couple months ago, and I was actually surprised I didn't see it at E three when I was there. Uh, but I could be wrong. This is I bought this actually. It's for forty bucks, thirty nine ninety nine. It's the Friday the Thirteenth game. Have you heard about this game? Oh, cool. I've heard about it. I haven't played it. It's pretty fun. Like, I just played a couple rounds of it. I'm still getting used to it. But the game consists of, I believe, I don't know how many max players you can have, but it's pretty much uh, uh, Friday the 13th, Jason, the killer, Jason from the movies. and uh, Mr. Jason. Mr. Jason, yes. And you're on the, the lake and this campgrounds, and there's about eight players at least. I'm sure you can get more. And pretty much there's different, you're pretty much being hunted by Jason. And one, one player plays as Jason, and he has different traits and different uh, abilities. And all the other, what they call counselors, because they're all like counselors at this camp. That's how like the Jason story was. All of them have like different uh, traits, and you can also upgrade perks for each character. And um, what you pretty much have to do is, you, t- to successfully beat the game, you have to either a kill Jason, b call a car or like put t- put together a car. So you have to find like parts in these houses, like battery, gasoline, and a key. Um, there's another mission where you have to. Um, so there's pretty much different options uh, to escape the the uh, campgrounds. Uh, there's one option with a That's boat. Cool. There's one option where you call the cops. And some of your perks actually help you with that. Like I got a perk last night. And one of the counselors, it allowed me to like uh, call or have the cops come faster. If you find like a phone or a way to radio the cops, you can call a bit uh, with this one perk. You can you know make a call, um, and they'll come to you, you know, to rescue. But um, that's yeah, awesome. a cool game, dude. And playing as Jason, it's so crazy. He can like fast travel, and he you can like pretty much have this like sense. So you have like it's kind of like Battlefront or like some of those other kind of like. Uh, stronger character based games where um, you have different, like four different perks that you can activate and it refills over time. So there's one that you can like, you turn it on, it's like a sensing mode. And so it, it pretty much highlights the house that the people are in. So you can kind of see like where they're at. Yeah. It's super crazy. And um, there's one where you can fast travel like across the map. So you can like, you don't have to like walk around the campgrounds. And there's also a, uh, what was the other one? Um, oh, there's also, dude, you would love this. It feels like evil dead. It's a fast travel, but in like real time. So you're going and like, it turns into this first person camera and you're like weaving through the forest. Yeah. It's yeah. Very reminiscent of that. And I don't know if they purposely did that just to kind of tip their hat off to evil dead, but it's super cool. Cause you can kind of like just cruise through the map and, uh, yeah, pretty much kill Jason or kill as Jason. But it, I heard it's really That's hard really to kill. That's really awesome. I heard it's really hard to kill him. And um, it's you have to pretty much search every house. And all the items generate, they respawn in different locations. So the, every gameplay is different. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You should check it out. 40 bucks. That's really cool. I've heard about it. I definitely want to try it, especially we'll now. It. We'll play it when you come down here. Sounds good, man. Awesome. <laughs> um, cool. Do you, have, do you have anything to share um, this week, Joe? I don't know if you saw this today. I can't imagine that you miss it. Um, but Nintendo announced the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Mini. Yes. Um, it'll be on sale in se- late September, I believe. And it's going to be it's going to cost $80, so it's $20 more than the NES Mini, and it's only coming with 21 games, not 30. But one of those games is a previously unreleased sequel to Star Fox. So oh. that's pretty exciting. That's awesome. Do you think they'll produce enough? Because like I, I remember when the previous one came out, uh, you, you couldn't find it. Couldn't find them. Um, at E3, I mentioned in the last uh, episode, like the at E3, uh, they had other companies that were kind of creating 
not knockoffs, but they were creating like their own versions of those like miniature consoles. Sure, yeah. Way back in the day. And I actually did this uh, event where I had to play Mario Kart um, in this like ball pit at E3. But they gave me a choice to get um, to take home this like controller. And I found out it's like a wireless controller for those Super Nintendo min- miniatures. So I was like, damn, nice. that, I saw that and I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. And I don't know, man, it's a throwback to like Super Nintendo. That's probably one of the first systems I've ever played in my lifetime. Yeah, I definitely want to pick it up. Uh, my buddy told me they're not doing pre-orders for it. So you got to you got to stand in line for this thing. Oh, yeah, man. I, I remember going to a Best Buy and I, it was like a couple days after that. And I asked the guy, I was like, I asked to get the register, you know, I was buying something else, but. He was like, "Hey, did you get those consoles in?" He's like, "Yeah, we just sold out immediately." Like, and people are, and of course, people resell them for so much more. You know, maybe yeah, hundred bucks. Um, but not even worth it. Based off the success of the previous generations, like, will they order enough? Will they order more? Will they have enough in stock? Because I know people are going to buy that for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So like hot cakes. (laughs) Um. But and I would also recommend watching Glow on Netflix, starring Alison Brie. I've been recommended a couple of times too, so I will I will definitely check it out. It's not bad. Uh, Christine had it on. I was t- I was technically watching. I was also reading an interview with John Lennon and Yoko Ono, so I was kind of also in my own world because I'm still on that train right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'd, I'd say check it out. Cool. Uh, it is funny. Mark Marin is making me laugh out loud. So, <laughs> oh, and real, 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 real quick recap: Did you finish uh, Silicon Valley? I have not. I have the last two episodes left. Oh, okay. When you finish, we'll talk about it. Cool. That'll right be on. due for our next episode. Hopefully, That'll with less di- difficulties. Was <laughs> <laughs> excellent. I can't wait. I can't wait for our next episode. Um, hopefully we'll have less technical difficulties next week. Shawnee, can I ask you something? Yep. Where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Shawnee Music and on my website, shawneedaymusic.com or .net. Sorry. I do own a .com. I should attach it to it. <laughs> but, you should. Uh, yeah. Check me out on those platforms and check out my music. All right, guys. And Joe, where can we find you? Uh, Instagram at Joey Prati, but uh, it's private. And you can also check out my website, uh, joeypratiscripts.com. I was almost going to say .net. You almost screwed me up. <laughs> um, Shawnee, it's been a good time. I, I, I apologize on both, both, both our ends, both of our ends. Oh, my God. Um, for for the lag and all this stuff. Uh, but hopefully this, this episode turns out well. And we hope you, dear imaginary listener, that it turned out well for you. Um, until next time, I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Oh, man, that was a...